Open your Bibles with me this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is where we're going. I am so, so, so ready for this message. I've been waiting on this message series for about the last month. And man, every single conversation, most of the conversations, a lot of the conversations that I have with people, um, we get out of this summer into the fall and we get trapped in the rat race of life. Right? Like, have you ever asked anybody, like, how they're doing when you meet somebody? You're like, how you doing? What do they tell you? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, man, let me tell you, I am busy. Right? Like, our culture, we wear busyness like a badge, don't we? Right? We think, because in our culture, busyness is equivalent to, to significance. We, we feel like if we're more busy, if we got more things on our schedule, that, that we're more significant. And, and so we tell people, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, man, I tell you, we just can't keep up. Oh, man. Anybody else feel like this in their life? Come on, everybody. Just be honest today. This is honest, church. I always look at people like that when they tell me that. I'm like, hey, how you doing? They're like, oh. Always like, would you just go take a nap? I had this old preacher tell me one time, Mark. He said, sometimes there's nothing more spiritual than taking a needed nap. Amen, everybody. And so over the last several weeks, I've just had conversations with people. And, and man, just their life, just crazy pace of life, kids, work, job. How do you balance it all? Is that even the goal? Do you balance it all? Grandkids, wife, everything. Like, how do we, how do we balance? Is it balance even the goal here? Should we be balanced? And so um, over the last few weeks, I've just been praying about God. Um, you know, what, where we, what, what do we got to do to live the way that you've called us to live? There's got to be, how many of you have ever lived your life and thought to yourself, there's got to be a better way than this? Okay, so two of you, thank you so much. This is participatory, everybody, even you people in the back. Hey, how are y'all? Y'all good back there? Okay, this is yes, this is no, right? We're together. This is a conversation. How many of you would be honest and say that you've hit some points in your life where you feel like there's got to be a better way to do this? The good news is there is a better way, everybody. There's an easier way. There's God's way. The world will trap you into cycle, uh, a cycle of, of minutes, seconds, and hours. And, and here's, here's what I love, because I'm an old country preacher. I love to get up in here and just preach the paint off the walls. I like to preach. Like I like for you to laugh and, and cry and feel inspired and encouraged. But, but if I don't stop and teach you how to have a better life, the principles of God, I'm not fulfilling my role here as your pastor and leader. Like, trust me, nobody loves to huck and buck and shout and run and like preach. I'm a preacher. That's what I do. But, but if I don't stop and say, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys, I can feel this tension with all of us and we're all a little spazzed out. Can, can we just can we go to the Bible and find out how to have a real like peaceful like joyful. What's interesting is we're all just filled with this hurry and there's no place in the Bible where I see Jesus hurry. Jesus ran. Jesus got to his two o'clock on time. He had to push his three o'clock. Come on somebody. Jesus was never in a hurry, but yet he had time to do everything that God had designed for him to do while he was on this earth. So over the next couple of weeks, good Lord willing, we're going to walk through a series called Reset. And I hate series. Because I have I have problem in my brain with repetitive things, but we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get better. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go on a journey, a 
Okay, guys, good Lord willing, I don't get distracted next week, but I've got three weeks worth of stuff I want to talk to you about concerning the pace and the rhythm of your life. Everybody's so stressed out trying to cram more crap into their life and they're missing out on the fulfillment and the peace and the joy and the life that God has for you. Amen, everybody. And so let me give you the, the here's the heart. Here's my real heart behind this series um, called Reset. Everybody just say Reset. Say this, say, Lord, I need a reset. Come on, somebody, right? Like, it's the difference between Android people and Apple people. Android people, they will get that update, right? They will update their phone. Apple people will just hit, remind me tomorrow for the next six months. You know what I mean? But today we're going to reset. We're going to begin the reset. Here's my heart. My heart behind this message series is to reset our focus of our lives, to reset the timing and the pace of our lives, to reset the timing and the pace of our lives. We're going to discover, this is what's cool over the next three weeks, um, is we're going to discover some spiritual truths that are going to help us live wiser lives. Help us live wiser in terms of our schedule, in terms of the ingredients we put into our day, in terms of the things we cram into our week. And what I love about this is if you are retired and you think I got all the time in the world, or if you're a student and you think my life is already planned out for me, these are going to be principles that that, that God hit. That's what I love about the Bible. These are going to be principles that are going to change your life no matter where you're at in your life. Amen, everybody. And how many of you know 3,000 years ago, The wisest man on earth, Solomon, penned the principles we're going to talk about today. And after 3,000 years, they're still applicable in 2022. How much y'all? I love the Bible. Thank you. They speak right to the moment we're living in today. That's what we're going to talk about. I love the Bible because God hides little secrets in the Bible. and, And if you read it, you get to find them. And when you find them, you're wiser. And when you find them, you have more peace. And when you find them, you have a better life. And when you're behind, when you find them, you're able to change the people around you. Amen. Because here's where we all are. Let's just be real. Let's just be. Can we just be real today? We're going to be real today. We, we all live in a frantic pace. All of us. Most of us. Maybe you don't and you already have this figured out and you've got three weeks to take a nap. All of us are out of sync in the most important relationships that we have in our life. All of us. We, we get caught up in the rat race of life and it's like, man, when's the last time we've actually been on a date night? When's the last time? I, 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 we get out, out, of pay, out of rhythm in the most important lives because life will scream at you. Let me tell you this, now is very loud, but legacy is very quiet. The things of the world will seem to trap you. Where here's where we are. Here's where we are. Let's define where most of us we live a frantic pace. We're out of sync in our most important relationships. Worry and fear are a big part of our life. We're worried about where we're going to be. We're worried about our kids going to be okay. We're worried about if our marriage is going to last. We're worried about if we're going to have enough money. We're worried about if we're going to have a job. We're worried about how much money it's going to take to put groceries on the table. Can I get an amen from somebody? Finally, we get a little release. We got worry and fear. We're thinking, and here's what we all tell ourselves: Well, well, it's going to change next month anybody else do that well when the kids see you see when my kids get older then we'll really be able to spend some quality time together as husband and wife we, we lie to ourselves all the time well I, when I when I get out of high school 
then I'm going to be able to, to do this and that. What, 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 hey, hey, when, when softball season's over, then we're going to really be able to spend some quality time together. Here's what happens. It never happens. We, we, we never get back in sync because we're living in the pattern and the cycle of the world and not the rhythm that God has for us in our life. Let me just tell you this. If you've ever asked yourself or you've ever had the thought, is there, there's got to be an easier way to do this. I'm going to show you today. There's an easier way to do this. Here's the problem. We're not living in God's timing. Did you know that God has a timing for your life? We're not living in God's rhythm. Did you know God has a rhythm for your life? We all need a, a Sunday to just reset, a few weeks to reset. That's what we're going to do. Amen, everybody? Think about it this way. Right? My, uh, I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I was living the life that you guys, that I'm talking about living, this unfulfilled, frantic, fast-paced life. Uh, oh, let's see. I, 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 I've had this mastered for a while. This, this is what I'm going to preach you. So I think I, it, it was like a month ago, I think, is when I was living this fast-paced, frantic life where I was going crazy. And, uh, you know, because I preach out of my weakness, right? So I never run out of material. Right? And um, I, I was going to bed one night, so I was drinking like three monsters to keep up a day, you know? Three of them energy drinks. Y'all ever do that? Anybody? No one does that, right? And uh, just me, I'm the idiot. And uh, I was drinking three of these monsters a day, and, 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 and I just thought I had to have it to keep up, and I probably did to keep up. I mean, four kids, and, and right now i got three jobs, and, and i got, 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 got a wife and a life and all the things, and i got to keep up, i got to keep up, i got to keep up. i got all these things that are asking for my attention and my concern and all the things. And, and I, I, I went to bed that night, and I, I told my wife, I said, something don't feel right. I said, my heart feels like it's out of, out of rhythm. And so she's an RN, so she was like, shut up and go to sleep, you're fine. That's not what she really said, but she was like, you're fine, trust me. But, but I woke up the next morning and it was like, cha-ching, 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 Like it wasn't like, you know, you know, you know what I mean? It was like, it felt like it was like out of, out of rhythm. And immediately I started getting like worry, panic, anxiety. You know, my dad died at 60. I'm thinking like, Elizabeth, it's the big one. I'm coming to join you. Anybody ever see Sanford and Son? Right? Like I, I thought I'm dying. This is it. I guess this is it. I guess this is it. So I did what every normal person would do. I went to the doctor and they were like, your heart's out of rhythm. And this is not good. You have Premature atrial contraction, which means your heart's beating before it beats. We've got to get this fixed. And if it don't get it fixed, if it doesn't go away, we're going to have to shock you or something. I don't remember what they said. We've got to get your heart back in rhythm. You know what he told me? He said, quit drinking them energy drinks. And he said, I think you should probably slow down a little bit in your life. What's interesting is as I applied these really two simple principles of stop drinking poison and... God bless you if you're an energy drink person, but, but, but stop, drinking, stop drinking them and then couple that with the pace of my life. What's interesting is my heart got back into rhythm. The thing is, is that most of us get used to living our life out of rhythm and we think it's normal, but today we're going to realize through the power of God's word that God has a rhythm for your life. Amen, everybody. Do you understand what I'm trying, where we're going today? 
We're going to get back into rhythm. We're going to reset. We're going to shock our hearts and our lives back into the cadence that God has for us. Because I'll tell you this, once you find a healthier rhythm, once you reset, it will change everything about your life. It will change the tone. It will change the peace. It will change the relationships. It'll change your finances. It'll change your fulfillment. It'll change the way you see the world. It'll change the way you see your kids. It'll, it'll change everything about your life. Amen, everybody? All right, open your Bibles with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. So I want you to picture this. Today, we are going to hear from the wisest person who ever lived on the face of the earth. His name is Solomon. Everybody say Solomon. Solomon was King David's son. King David, you guys remember David and Goliath. David had the, the small, smooth stones and took out the giant. David became king. Y'all remember this? David David wrote the book of Psalms or a lot of it. So he's, he's David's son, King Solomon. He was the wisest person that ever lived on the face of the earth. The smartest person not beyond Elon Musk, beyond Jeff Bezos, beyond, who's the Apple guy? Uh, help, help me. Steve Jobs, beyond all them, this guy is the wisest person to ever live on the earth. The, 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 the meaning of the word Ecclesiastes means the preacher. So I want you to picture this, what we're going to read today. It is the wisest man on earth in his dying, ending season of his life. And he's sitting in front of a draft table with horse skin or whatever they wrote on. And he's saying, after it all, this is what I have learned. After I've had all the wealth all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the things that every one of us in this room unashamedly chase in our life. He says, this is what you've got to know to live a life that God's called you to live. I want you to picture that as we read these scriptures today. Are y'all with me this morning? Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. Read this with me. There is a time for everything. Read this with me. For everything there is a season and a for every matter under heaven. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Uh, you know, that's interesting because like even as we start this message today, I know some of y'all are like, I thought you started 10 minutes ago. No, we're really starting now. What's interesting is for everything there is a season and there's a time for every matter under heaven. At that first little two lines of what the, the, the preacher is telling us today, it goes head on with everything and every way we live our life in this culture. We want today what it took our parents 50 years to build. We, we, I, I, listen, I'm on this weight loss journey and I have a magic number and it doesn't start with a two. And I'm really, really close to that. And I want to, but I want to, like, I was watching Top Gun, the Maverick, last, the Maverick, the new one last night, watching them guys play football on the beach and, like, felt insecure with my wife sitting beside me, you know. I was like, but, but I want to be like that today. I, I don't want to wait. Like, like, help me get there. You know what I'm saying? Can I go work out, like, like a little bit? And, like, I'll be there, like, next week, right? Because I got to go to Cancun next month. So I want to look like Tom Cruise on the beach uh, or the other guy that was better. Come on, somebody, right? We all want it now. Anybody want it now? Want to lose 40 pounds today? But want to get rich over, overnight? Want to become viral in a viral culture. Everything is happening like this. This is at face value. These two lines collide with everything we believe about our existence. Hello. J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I need it now. 
that this is us. Or it's me anyway. I don't know if it's you. The Bible is a book of seasons, a book of rhythms. God thinks, listen to me, because we're going to go somewhere today. It's going to make sense if you'll just pay attention. God thinks in terms of seasons, cycles, and patterns to life. And here's what happens. We think in terms of minutes, hours, and seconds. The biblical culture, Solomon's culture, was an agrarian culture. Which meant that they saw times in the form of seasons and rhythm rather than hours, minutes, and seconds. Are you with me this morning? Right? They wasn't trying to be there in 30 minutes. They wasn't waiting on a 2 o'clock meeting, which I understand there are some things in our life. Right, right? So, so don't get caught up in the details. And be like, oh, this is not applicable. But they thought in terms of seasons. They thought about their life in terms of seasons and rhythm rather than hours, minutes, and seconds. Does that make sense? So, so you got to know that that's the way that God designed our life, to, to design our life with, with seasons and and the culture was ruled by seasons. Our culture is ruled by time. Hello. His way of life was ruled by rhythm. Ours is ruled by balance. How many of you in this room would be honest today and say that you're striving to get some balance in your life? Can I get an amen? Over the next three weeks, we're going to allow these scriptures to give us some freedom. To challenge us to go deeply into some ingrained ideals that we get from culture that we don't even think about because they become so normal inside of our life. I know this is going to seem radical, but I want to suggest to you the idea of thinking about your life in terms of God's cadence and the Spirit's rhythm for your life. Rhythm is, is entirely more biblical, uh, something to strive for in our life rather than balance. Let me explain. The first key today, I want you to write this down, is to delete the goal of balance in your life. You, you, want, to get, you, you want to live life the way that God wants you to live it. You've got to delete the goal of balance. Balance is a myth. It is, but, 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 but if we're honest, balance is something we're all striving for. Everybody wants a good work-life balance. But we, we all want our life to be in balance. People say this all the time. I, I just need balance. They tell me this all the time. I just need balance. I just need some balance. I need my life to be, to be balanced. Uh, I need to get my life in balance. Heck, I've said it, right? Like, I remember just sitting down after the encounter, and it's just like, you know, after encounter, you're just wiped out. And I was laying on this little chair, and I was like, I just need to get some balance in my life. I've told myself this. And that's one reason why we're going over this is because balance is a myth. L listen to me. Balance is the key. The world tells us that balance is the key to a happy and fulfilled life. And I want to challenge the way you think. I've heard people tell me this. They tell me, Mark, you just need to get... I've heard well-meaning Christian people tell me, Mark, you just need to get your life in balance. Anybody ever told you that? You just need to get some balance in your life. And I'm always like this. That's great. But I have no idea what that even looks like. And I literally, I don't even know anyone who has their life in balance. Can you please tell me how this is supposed to unfold in my life? Because I have four kids and, and, and Riker is, is, is about to be 12 and he needs me. He's a man. He's growing into a man and he needs me, right? He needs me to be there and to, to teach it because the world's out there. The internet out there. Come on, somebody, right? And he needs me to explain to him what, what things are going to really shape the way he believes about women and relationships over time. And so I got, I got to be there with him. And then I've got 10-year-old twin girls. Bless God. 
And they need me to be the man and model for them what a true man of God looks like. And that takes time, effort, and attention. Every little girl wants to be noticed by their daddy. Hello? But then I've got little River Max. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. And I just, I gotta, like, he's five, and I gotta, like, teach him, like, hey, 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 that angriness, that, 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 that's been a part of our, our, the men in our, like, we can't do that. And then, oh, yeah, crap. I, I got to take my wife on a date. And she needs me. Because she's the most important thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Oh, crap, wait. But then I've got you guys who I love dearly. And I want to, like, I want to pray for you every day. And you're on my heart. And oh, I just need some balance. Let me explain to you why you should delete the goal of balance in your life. And I'm going to propose to you why living a life of God's rhythm is so much more healthy. Balance promises you things. And it never, it never delivers. The problem with the balance by definition, um, by definition, balance must be inherently stagnant or motionless. L l let me put it to you this way. Put, put the scale up there, Anastasia. So, so, so if this is what we're trying to achieve, anybody ever told you you just need balance? Am I all wet on this, or is this making sense? Okay. All right. Nick, you put, the, you put the equal amount of weight on both sides. I've got my work figured out, right? I've got a good flow there. I'm, I'm, I'm managing my time. Don't have, I'm not called out a lot. I, I, got, I got that. And then I've got my family. Where we are. We're eating dinner together two or three nights a week. This is cool. We're spending time together. I finally feel like, y'all ever get there? And you're like, balanced. My life is balanced. And then what happens? Crap happens because it's life. And what happens? Everything on your scales gets thrown off. Right? You ever, you ever just like, I've learned the God. I can play golf once a week. I can hunt. I can, I can fish. I can, I took my wife on a date and she loves me. My kids are from, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then something happens. You get laid off. Had a bill come in the mail you didn't know about. Your kid does something stupid. That you've got to step in and really give them some attention. You get a class, test. Something you never thought about. You got you forgot you forgot you had a report that you didn't get it done. You get a teacher you don't like. Everything's going great. Come on, somebody, right? And if balance is the goal, we'll always live miserable. If balance is the goal, we will all here's why. Because balance is two stagnant things that don't move. And let me tell you this life moves. Life happens, right? Th does that sound like the type of life you want to live? No. But balance is stagnant. It is motionless. God, and we're going to discover this in the Bible, God is a God of movement. God is a God of momentum. God is a God of what's next. God is a God of like, let's step into the next season. God is a God of like, don't worry about that. I've got this for you. God is a God of like, shake that off. Let's go. God is a God of, hey, keep the main thing the main thing. Are you with me this morning? This is the life of God, not the, not the, rhythm, not the ideal of balance that is a myth. And we live miserable because we think that balance is what we're trying to attain when it is truly false. I don't want to live balanced. I want to live in God's timing, in God's season, in God's rhythm for my life. Not some man-made ideal called balance. 
I said I was going to teach and not preach. So here's the second key. So number one is, we've got to delete the goal of balance. Look at me, you don't need balance. Stop saying that crap. Sorry, I say crap a lot today. My, mother, my mother-in-law is not in here to get on to me. If she was, I would be better with my language. But we've got to delete the goal of balance. Balance isn't the goal. Here's the second thing, is we've got to seek a life of rhythm. We've got to seek a lot, and we're building, because we're going to build on it next week, and we're going to build on it the week after. I don't think, I mean, as I, and I'm nobody, by by, by the way, but as I read the Bible, I just don't think God ever intended for us to have a balanced life. I don't think that was his pursuit. To live for balance. I see God talking more about times and seasons than, than I ever do about balance in the Bible. It's about times and seasons. That there's a benefit to living life God's way. Does this make sense? Am I making sense? Okay, thank you. So let's keep going in this passage and I'll show you what I mean, okay? I'll show you what I mean. Put it up here, Anastasia. So we've all or a lot of us, maybe you've been around the Bible more than 10, like you, you, this block of scripture here that, that is in Ecclesiastes is a pretty, pretty like even in cultures used, like it's a pretty familiar passage, but it says, um, and, I, and I want you to read this with me, okay? So we're going to read this together. Um, it, it says this, it says, a, there is a, a time to be born and a time to, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Okay. A time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. There's a time to cast stones, but there's a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace, hmm, but there's also a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to seek and a time to just get loose. A time, a time to keep and a time to Cast away. A time to, this is like redundant, right? You've read this before, right? You're like, what is, what is this? What does this even mean? Now that you understand this is the preacher, this is Solomon, the wisest man on earth, I don't think he would waste words. So let's lean in. There's a time to sow and a time to, to keep silent and a time to, some of y'all just need to take that one home with you today. A time to, and a time to, that's interesting, a time for war and a time for peace. This is interesting. King Solomon is giving us the key here. I want you to look at these things. These are seasons and cycles. This isn't hours, minutes, and seconds. This is the flow of God for our life. Let me give you some of this. This is what I mean. Come on, stay with me. God never intended us to strive for balance. He intended for us to live in rhythm. Let me build. So let me give you some reset cycles that God set in motion. Think about it this way. God set seasons in motion. Amen? Like in summer, in Oklahoma, we have two of them. We have summer and we have winter. But, but think about it this way. There are seasonal flows, things, uh, seasons of the year, migrational patterns of birds, reproductive times of animals. He, he set some seasonal flows inside of the world. Here's some regular cycles that he put. Because your, your life isn't balanced, it's seasons and cycles. It's not balanced, we're not trying to achieve balance. We're, de- we're determining what season we're in. We're walking in the season that we're in. We're embracing the season. We're going to talk about that in a minute. 
Here's some regular cycles. Lunar cycle, right? The phases of the moon. God set these in motion. Do you all ever think about that? Right? Sleep cycles. We have a sleep cycle. Or you should. You should try. Ocean tides. They go in, they come out. These are, these are things. Day and night. That's the cycle that God set. Regular cycle. Here's my point to all of this. Because you're like, why does this even make sense? I'm losing you, Pastor Mark. Hang with me. All of creation was created with a cadence and a timing. And if we can learn to embrace this to bring a sense of freedom to our life, everything, everything, all of creation was created with a cadence and a timing. Amen, everybody? Timing. Amen, everybody? Balance is static. Doesn't move. Rhythm that God has is dynamic. Hello. Balance is rigid. It's got to have some balance. Rhythm is flexible. How many of y'all know you got to be flexible to live this life? Life will kick you in the teeth in like 36 seconds, right? Balance is man-made. Rhythm is natural and created by God. Do you see it now? The sun, the moon, the tide, the seasonal flow. Balance, here's what it is. Balance is a photograph. Rhythm is a movie. Right? But balance is a picture that we all strive to. Well, once I can get here, once I can have my kids here, my wife here, my life here, my money here, then, then I'll be fulfilled, happy, and, and, and successful. When rhythm looks like a movie that has a beginning and an end and a story plot and some twists along the way and some turns along the way, but, but ultimately ends up where the movie maker wants it to end up. Man, are y'all hearing me preach today? This is what God, the way that God wants you to live. Rather than a picture, God put you in a movie. But we strive for this picture rather than the journey, rather than the flow, than the seasons, than the time. Does this make sense? Please tell me it does. Okay. So I want to spend the rest of our time together because we're building today. Talking about two ways in life that you can live your life in rhythm. Two ways. And I had to build all that so you could understand this. Two ways. Not that you're, not that you wouldn't understand it or I'm smarter than you. I just had to build all that so that this would make sense. Let me say it that way. Some of you are like, brother, i got a degree. Two ways to live a life in rhythm. But before we do, let's finish this passage. This is so good. So good. It says, what gain has the worker from his toil? This is, this is the man. The man. The wisest man that ever lived. Candlelight. Horse skin. Ink. Writing this down. In his final phase of his life, this is what he says. What gain has a worker from his toil? I have seen the business of God that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He says, I've seen that. He has made everything, what? Beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity, this is a good note here, into into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I want the picture. No, 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 the movie. No, I want the picture, God. No, 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 you want the movie. I I want the picture, God. No, 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 you want the movie. I want the boat, God. I want the marriage, God. I want want what I see on the picture. No, 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 you want the movie. I perceive Solomon, wisest man that ever lived on the earth. He says, I, I have gathered, or I've came to the conclusion that there is what? Better for them 
than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink. Next slide. And what? This is God's gift. That we get to enjoy the life we live. Hey, that we get to enjoy the season we're in. That we get to enjoy where we're at in life. That we get to enjoy that we're in college and it's struggle some days, but some days we've we got to fry nuggets for a little while until we get to where we're going. Amen, everybody? It's that we don't have kids and, and we're going to celebrate and embrace that. It's that we're raising our grandkids and we get to identify and celebrate and, 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 and embrace that seat. Come on, everybody. It's identifying what season you're in. It's not balance. It's rhythm. It's seasonal flows. Does this make sense? Okay, so here we go. Two ways to live a life in rhythm. We're going to start the process this week. Number one, ask God to help you understand what season you're in, but not only that, to embrace your season. If you'll ask God to help you, write this down, write this down. Don't, don't, listen, don't waste 45 minutes of your life not writing this stuff down. Just don't do it. Because I'm telling you, it's going to help you. Because you're going to have some conversations with your wife this week. You're going to talk about it. What season are we in? Where do you feel like we're at? This is what's going to happen. Because I don't want this to be a Sunday morning sermon. I want this to actually help you change your life. Number one, ask God to help you understand and embrace your season. Notice in verse 11, Solomon says that everything is beautiful in its time. In fact, like if you have a Bible out, just underline that. In its time. It's another way of saying in its season. Everything is beautiful in its season. Everything. There are seasons to life. And the biggest frustration that I see in people, listen to me, the biggest frustration that I see in people is when they're not embracing their current season they're in. They're wishing it away. Right? They're on the golf course. And their wife is mad because they hadn't been home because they've been working all week long hours to provide so they can't be there. They're still at home. Hello. They're at work and they don't want to be at work because they didn't rest when they were off work. So now they're at work wishing they were resting. Hello. They're, they're, they're resting and they didn't do what they needed to do this week and get done what they needed to get done and check the boxes off that they needed to check off. So now they're resting and they're not resting because they're worried about what they didn't do that they should have done. Hello. This is what I'm talking about. This is, this is how most, this is how I lived my life and get trapped in this because the world is loud in seasons of my life. Ask God to help you understand your season and embrace, ask Him to help you embrace your season. There are seasons to life, and the biggest frustration is when I'm not embracing our current season. Think about it practically. You could work really, 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 really hard. And you could plant wheat in June. And it will not grow well. Hello. You, you could work really, really hard and plant really, 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 really pretty flowers in December. And they will not last. Why? Because everything is beautiful in its time. Oh, y'all got to hear me this morning. Everything is beautiful in its time. You've got to learn to identify what season you're in, and you've got to ask God to give you the grace to embrace that season. It's the wrong season, and no matter what you do, you're not going to see growth because plants don't grow in winter. Let me pastor you for a minute. 
I see people all the time that are missing out on so much joy that they could have in their life right now because they don't realize what season they're in. I just want to be like, stop. (laughs) You have small children. Stop. You don't have any children. Get in here. You're not even married. You don't have any of that to worry about. Go home. Be with your wife. Hello? They don't... In the trappings of our culture, we don't identify with what season we're in. Here we go. This may offend you. Don't really care. I see moms who are trying to raise teenagers, run a neighborhood association, have an Etsy store, work a nine-to-five job, expect to work out five days a week, write a social media justice blog, and train for a marathon. And make their own granola. And they have an MLM on the side. Hello? I see men who are trying to impress the boss, coach three little league teams, go back to school, They want to win lawn of the week. They have a side hustle. And they're jealous because their friend has a boat. Listen. Nothing I said is sin. None of it. It's all good stuff. All those things. Great things. They're not bad. They're good. I like boats. Got one. But you have to learn what season you're in in order to know what you can do and what you can't do. And you have to Learn and have the grace from God to embrace your season that you're in. Hello, everybody. Embracing your season. Don't miss this. Can I tell you this? For those of you that have small kids, don't miss this season because it's just a season and you can miss it. Can I tell you this, college students? Don't miss this season because it's just a season and you're going to miss it. Those of you that have grandkids, don't miss the season. Come on, everybody. Are you all with me? Something's got to give in the way that we live. And those two men and women that I described to you just now. And in the end, usually the wrong thing. I won't say usually. Always the wrong things give. Our marriage gives. Our time with the Lord gives. Come on, everybody. The time with our children gives. Plugging into church. Finding a small group. That's what I'm too busy. I hear people say, I'm too busy to go to a small group. If you're too busy to go to a small group, if you're too busy to be consistent on Sunday, let me just tell you, you're too, you're too stinking busy. I mean, this is, because it's here where we get to come together and we learn and grow and are fed and all the great things. People get saved and healed and delivered, set free. It's, it's here. It's in small groups where, where I, I stop stuffing all the stuff down so that I can cope with my life and I start letting it come up so that God can heal it and I can live a different life. Come on, somebody. But we live these lives and wonder why we're miserable. The reason we're miserable is because that's not the way that God designed us to live. He said everything, for everything there is a season. For everything there is a time. I wonder how many things we're doing right now that are not computing with our season or our time. Can I get an amen? I believe if you'll ask, God wants to bring rhythm to your life. In fact, if you feel like I just described your life and you're tired of living that way, I want you to make that your mission this week. Look at your life. Take some time in prayer. Get some wise counsel and find out what season you're in. Help, ask God to help you identify your season and embrace it. Where are you at? Where are you at? I use Nick as an example. Nick, Nick works 14 days and he's off seven. Wouldn't work if he had small kids. He didn't have any. It's a season. 
Y'all with me? Does this make sense? Number two, ask God. Here's the second, second way to live in rhythm. Ask God for His satisfaction. Okay, listen. I operate my life from the outflow of the affirmation and satisfaction that I receive from my Heavenly Father, not your amens on Sunday morning. You live your life out of the affirmation and acceptance and care of your Heavenly Father, not the family you see on social media that is full-blown full fake anyway. Because it's only perception management. I'm only allowing you to perceive the, the perception of, that I wish for you to perceive. Everybody's fake on social media. Everybody. I don't like jump on, hey guys, I just want to go live right now. I'm really pissed off at my wife. She's driving me crazy. The kids, the house is a wreck in case you guys can't see right here. She hasn't done anything this week and it's driving me insane. No, people don't do that. They don't. This is it, right? Like This is it right here. This is it. Great time in Chicago. So awesome. Marriage is beautiful. No, no, no. Listen, you want to live your life in God's rhythm? You've got to start learning to accept His satisfaction for me, not anyone else's. Let's look back at these two verses. Ecclesiastes 13, 12 and 13. 3, 12 and 13. He says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. And also that everyone should eat and drink and take what? That we can be happy with our life. That's God's gift to us. It's a gift of God to be able to, listen to me, it's a gift of God to be able to enjoy where you're at in life. Think about it. Because life, the picture ain't what we, it's the movie. And we accept that and we can embrace when we raise our grandchild. Or we can accept it or when we walk through divorce, when we walk through bankruptcy, when we walk through uh, uh, being laid off, when we walk through um, hurtful things that people might say at school. Like, it, you understand what I'm saying? It's a gift of God for me to be able to enjoy where I'm at in life. Did you know that? That God wants you to enjoy where you are, not wish it away. Well, if I was just married like they were. You know, the Bible says if you're not married, and you, you have time to pour into the things of God. Everybody who wants, everybody who's married don't want to be, and everybody who ain't married wants to be. Right? Everybody's wishing, well, when my kids get old enough, then I can buy the real boat that I want. When they get old enough. Well, I've just wished away their entire childhood. Well, when I finally get my degree, and I'm finally working my job, and you'll wish away some incredible moments that God can do in your life today, that He can actually use you for people to transform Southwestern Oklahoma State University. You'll miss all that because you're worried about being here. I've got a little more content left. It's a gift of God to be able to enjoy where you are in life. There is satisfaction in the toil, but you're not going to be able to do that until you release some expectations, some unrealistic expectations, some unrealistic expectations. I'm the king of this in my house. I will bust my wife on the unrealistic expectations. We have four small children. They are like tornadoes. God bless them. 
Sometimes I want to allow them to live somewhere else other than in my home. But I'm pretty sure as long as we have four small children and right now three jobs and whatever, like our house is probably not going to look like, 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 like Buckingham Palace. Hello? But I can spend a lot of stress and energy and anger on everybody because it's an unrealistic expectation. Maybe you've just bought into the idea of being able to have it all at once, which is a stupid idea when you really stop and think about it. To have it all at once. I know people in my own personal life that have it all at once and they're miserable. Trying to keep up with people. Hello? As I prayed through these scriptures, maybe it's not the expectations you have for you. Maybe it's the things you expect from others. You're looking to get from them of what only God can give you. My, Brianna does not complete me or fulfill me. God does. I cannot ask her to give me what she is not capable or God did not design her to give me, which is affirmation, satisfaction, and overwhelming unconditional love that I receive from God and God alone. You see, that's where I work. That's where I work out of. That way, Brianna is a part of my life. She is not my everything. God is my everything. And she'll tell you that about me. Probably a little more, more liberal. Um, but, but do you see what I'm saying? Is I just, we all expect this. We expect all this out of people, right? That's why we overdo things. That's why we sign up for too much. That's why we overdo it. That's why we work too much. That's why, we, that's why we're always striving and pushing because all we're really doing is asking that people would tell us how. That's why we post it on social media so everyone can tell us how great we are because we haven't learned to live from, from the affirmation and acceptance and unconditional love that I've received from my Heavenly Father. Don't worry, encounter's coming. First weekend in December. You won't live like this anymore. Oh, you, you mind, you're human. Here's what happens. Then you begin to live with resentments, bitterness, and you're just offended all the time. Well, I didn't get enough likes. Well, they didn't call me. They didn't text me. Hey. There are things in your life right now. Maybe Here we go. I wrote this. Maybe they're just as busy as you. Maybe they're walking through pain. I've got to release the expectations that I have on people because I can get myself <laughs> in a crazy place. There are things in your life right now that you're holding on to that are burning you out. And you've got to get honest about why you're holding on to those things. Right? Is it overtime? Is it, what is it? Some MLM thing? Is it something else you've added? Is it like a, a hobby that you've decided you're going to like, like you're, 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 you're freaking 45. You're not going to be taught. You're, you're not making it on the senior tour. You're not going to do it. You're not, you're just not going to do it. Hello. There are things in your life right now that you're holding on to that are burning you out. You, you've got to get honest about why, listen to me, about why you're holding on to those things. Why are you holding on to those things? Why are you chasing that dream to make it on the, make it on the, 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 the senior tour. Why, 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 are you, why are you trying to really build that business? Like, why are you working those four? Why, why are you really doing that? Why, like, you got to get honest about why you're doing all that stuff. Why, why is it so vital to have right now? Here's the question. Is it an identity thing? Has it become who you are? Hello? 
Is it a performance thing? Is it because I was raised in a house where love was completely performance-based, so if I wasn't doing well, then I wasn't loved. And so I've learned to get love through, through performance. Is it a performance? Here's the thing. Is it an idol? Have you just allowed work to become an idol in your life, a boat to become an idol in your life, a, a house, a business, a, 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 a social media following, a whatever it is, name it. Hello? Eternity, the Bible says that, that God puts eternity in our hearts. We're almost done. So I know y'all are rustling around a little bit. I'm not going to keep you with three more minutes. By God's design, listen to me. By God's design, we are most fulfilled when we are sowing into the things that last through eternity. By design from God, we are most fulfilled when we invest and give toward things that are eternal in value, not things that are going to pass away. Because I'll tell you this, I've done a whole lot of funerals. And you know what every single person in that box leaves with? Empty pockets. You know what you cannot do when you get to heaven? Get more people saved. You just can't. You can't grow spiritually. You'll be there. You can't be who God, like like walk out your redemptive purpose because you'll be already redeemed. I wrote this last thing. And I've got a couple of things. Um, here's what I want for you. I prayed for you this week, all of you. I want you to have a life full of joy and full of peace. I want you to reach your redemptive purpose. And I want you to live an abundant life. But here's the thing. Sometimes our lack of margin is really driven by our own insecurities and problems, not our workload. We load ourselves down with tasks and things to do instead of finding our identity and our satisfaction in God. I've found that over the years, I am my own worst enemy. Starting, we got to start with having the right foundation. God isn't something we just add to our lives. Small groups aren't something we go to if it works with our schedule. It's got to be something that we build our lives on. Sundays, we don't just go to church when, when, it's, when we got a Sunday off. We go to church because it is the foundation in which we move our life around. Because why? Because life change happens in the context of relationships. Come on, everybody. Real quick. Number one. Here's some questions. I'm going to give you some next steps to do this week. <laughs> Write these things down. Promise me you'll do them. Promise me. Say, I promise, Pastor Mark. All right, here we go. Three of you. All right. Number one. Here we go. You ready? This is the easy one. Right? Look at me. I love you. Number one. What are you going to start saying no to? What is it? What are you going to stop? Stop. Stop. Stop it. It doesn't matter. It's only sucking out your life and time and energy. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's some MLM thing. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's like you just need to like not play golf for 30 days. I'm not going to say hunting because hunting's about to start. We'll leave that one alone. Yeah. I know what my, I know, I know my demographic. Okay. Number two, number two. 
Okay, so what are you going to start saying no to? You got to think about this. Hey, sit down with your spouse tonight and do this. Because I'm going to do this with Brianna. We're going to do this. We're just like, what are we going to say no to? And sometimes it's hard to say no to things. Because sometimes, like, I enjoy them, she enjoys them. But sometimes they're just not where we're at. Hello? It's not the season we're in. Number two, what expectations are you going to leave in this room? Is it expectations of other people? Expectations for yourself. I should be farther along by now. I shouldn't be walking through this. I shouldn't be single. I should be, I shouldn't have the, stop should and shoulding yourself. Please stop that. It's annoying. It's ridiculous. Please stop should or shouldn't, shouldn't yourself. It's, 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 it's asinine. You're human. You should feel like you feel right now until you feel a different way. That is a whole nother sermon. Number three, I want you to write down what really matters. Because here's, here's the deal. We're values-based creatures. You know what I really value? I really value my wife. Really value, I really value my wife. She's the number one thing in my life. That's great. How long, how long has it been since you went on a date? When's the last time you bought her flowers? If you really valued her, you'd really value her. Because you're a values-based human being. So what you're doing, what you're doing, you value. Not what you're not doing, you don't value. You just want to be known for someone who values their wife. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark, and I'm your friend. I really value my kids, man. Well, then why do you always work and you're never at home to spend time with them? You don't really value them. You value money. Let's just be real about it. Hello? I know it's not easy preaching. All right. What really matters? Maybe it's setting a rhythm. Um, Setting a rhythm of Sundays are consistent. Maybe it's like joining a small group today. Like maybe that's it for you. You guys okay? Take a deep breath. Okay, we got two more weeks of this. And we're going to be healthier. And then we'll get into some spiritual things. And I'm fine. We'll have fun. But, but we gotta, we've got to get healthy. All of us. Me included. Amen, everybody? Stand to your feet.